Welcome to Work is Good, a podcast designed to help Christians delight in their work and build wealth faithfully. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about some of the practical considerations of developing and stewarding wealth. My guest today is Nelson Bonner, who is a private wealth advisor with Ronald Blue Trust. I'm your host, Landon Buto, and this podcast is provided by Cleveland Street Mortgage in pursuit of our mission of helping people to cultivate wealth and property in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please enjoy this week's conversation, and remember that if you're interested in getting a mortgage with our team at CSM, go to clevelandstreet.com. There's a lot of people out there that sell all kinds of systems about uh, money and the different uses of money or the different things that are going on. Um, we really want to take it back from back to a kind of more of a, a biblical sense uh, of examining not just uh, the issue of money, but then examining your heart to begin with, right? From a heart perspective, there's like four things from a heart, right? There, There's stewardship. Like the questions you have to ask yourself when it comes to money is, do you believe that, that God owns it all, right? If we, if we follow the God of the Bible and the Bible is true and we want to practice what the Bible says about money, do we really believe that God owns it all, right? Is it is it really ours, or is it just a resource that He's given to for us to steward, right, and to be um, smart about? Um, right. Are we right. are we con- are we content, right? Um, this world just kind of brings out. Do we believe that what I have right now is enough, right? Or are we always striving for more, or thinking that we don't have enough, or mm-hmm. or wanting to live a lifestyle that maybe we don't have the resources for, right? Right. And then, you know, the faith aspect, right? Do we do we believe that our faith is lived through our finances, right? Uh, we w- take this notion is that um, sometimes the your the best projection of of your faith is your is your checkbook or is your pocketbook. Right. Where is yeah. your where where is your focus? Where where are you putting your resources? And then finally is wisdom. Do, do you believe that that God's word is uh, true and available to you to use at all times? Right. The Bible mm-hmm. is one of the largest depositories of a place places that talk about money. Right. And it, and it gives very prescriptive ways to think about. Um how we should think about money and how we should think about using money. We just wanted to, to really talk about the whole idea of how do we practice that financial freedom from the standpoint of according to what the Bible says about, about money. Right. Yeah, I know that's helpful. I like, uh, I like all of those, the, the comment about your, your spending habits, revealing you where your faith lies and where yeah. your priorities lie it really resonates because, I mean, you know, money is kind of the, uh, it encapsulates all of your resources. You know, it, it symbolizes your time, your energy, your desires, and then where you put that, where you, you know, place that down um, demonstrates where your priorities are for sure. And most of us don't know where all of our money is going, right? Mm-hmm. Uh Right. About 95% of people I work with don't keep keep a budget. And and I don't necessarily recommend a budget, but kind of going through a process to at least understand 
where 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 is my money being spent and and how much is is going to each each different types of categories there's really five areas we talk about where you can really spend money right i i call it google i probably can't use that term because it's probably okay. copyrighted but it, it's it's really um give you owe you owe debt you owe taxes right the two o's okay. you grow and you live right hmm. Um, there's just five different ways we can spend money and, and, and spending money falls into one of those five different categories. The problem is we end up tending to get the order of those, uh, things we spend on wrong, right? Because typically hmm. we tend a lot of my clients or a lot of people I talk to figure out what they need to live first. And then they back into everything else, right? Right. When in yeah. a, when in essence, you know, from a Christian perspective, when we think about this, we should really thinking about it, starting with how much am I giving? Then what debts do I owe individuals, whether that's a mortgage or taxes or things of, of, of that nature? Um, what do I need for the future, right? Do I have long-term goals like retirement or other things I want to think about funding. So I have to think about growth, right? And what am I, mm. what am I, what do I need to save? Um, and so what we really try to talk to people about is let's figure out what order you place those things in, right? And be able to at least start from that standpoint of then what we should then do is back into a living based upon what what our giving, what our debt is, and what our growth goals are, right? And then we should be able to live on the rest, right? The uh, problem is the world kind of tells us that we should focus on what we need to live first and then prioritize the other things. Do you see a common turning point for people who, you know, okay, all this is good in theory. It, it, like, yes, of course, I want to... I, I agree with all this. Of course, I want to be, you know, you, you take a believer. Of course, I want to be giving faithfully. Of course, I want to be saving uh, diligently, planning diligently. Um, but I just, I can't bring myself to not spend on this or not spend on, do you see any common turning points that move people over the ledge before they come to you? Or, you know, I just realized I got to, I got to get moving on this. I really got to make it happen. Yeah, you know, when when I talk about those five different uses of money, there are always like those five different purposes of money are always competing with us, right? They're not individual. If we spend money in one area, we 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 aren't can't spend money in another area, right? right. And so when that turning point comes, is uh, a lot of times people come to me and say. I just don't have enough to live, hmm. right? Or I'm struggling. I want to buy a house. I don't have. I don't have enough money, right? To to do I don't that. Know how, how to save up? Yeah. How, how, I don't know how to save up, or, or I don't know how to, to to evaluate that, or or how to how to get out of that so I can eventually get a house, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we don't necessarily. We're not really 
from our standpoint, judging anybody. But what we we ask them to do is just not necessarily micromanage, but just track your spending on a monthly basis and track it track it in those five areas. And then after a few number of, of months, they get a sense of what percentage of their spending in each one of those pie little those five pies, right? Mm. And then we then we have them come back and we ask them, okay, are you comfortable with where that's at? Mm. Right? And then yeah. we then we start having the conversation about um it comes from their own heart, from their own thought about do they feel comfortable with the percentages of, of where they're their spending right. is at and what's affecting yeah. that and what are things we can then address to to make those to make the necessary changes in order for them to uh, accomplish those things yeah so i mean it makes sense that it sounds like tracking is kind of the in a sense is the foundation or at least the first step you can't really make any of the other changes until you're aware of of what's going on and yeah i mean if you are someone who wants like we just described before someone who wants to make those changes you know i have a vague sense i should be saving up or i have a vague sense i should be spending less on this area um but dot 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 whatever the excuse is um you're not gonna it seems like you're not really gonna feel it until you see the actual numbers and see the the specifics of what changed, not just I need to spend less, but oh, I need to spend twenty five dollars less a month on this thing. I can do that. Um, yeah, it seems a lot more tangible and and doable um, once you start tracking. Is tracking kind of the you have to start with that? That's the foundation for for making yeah. any of these changes. Yeah, you can track. I think the great thing is I I think you're right. Tracking is probably very, very important. But I, I want to caution too that it's not th to the point of micromanaging. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. From a, extreme. From a micromanaging a, on a budget to a line item by line item thing. Well, I'm just mm -hmm. saying track your five different areas of spending. Mm -hmm. And then as a couple or as an individual, figure out what percentage do I want to be given? What what percentage do I want in each one of those categories? And how much am I making, right? And then you can really allocate and understand like, okay, here's what I am spending. Here's where I want to get to. If I have to make those changes, I know the dollar amount or the percentage that needs to. We don't ever have to, we don't really ever prescribe for a client to get, um, line item by line on every single thing sure. that they spend. We just want them to just understand is where's your priorities by percentage in, in that pie chart? And are you happy with that? If not, what what percentages do you want them to be? And then what do you have to do in order to, to make that change? So I want to caution, but yes, it starts with tracking, but I also want to say that you know, don't micro uh, micromanage yourself to death because sure. yeah. that's not that's not freedom. That can be um, very legalistic and very bondage driven <laughs> from yeah. the standpoint yeah. if you, if you hold yourself too hard to to micro categories. So yeah, that's a good point. You're not looking to change from um, 
being a, a slave to debt to a slave to to your budget and savings. Yeah. I mean, there, there are probably some that have, um, I would say, that are in financial distress or financial uh, hardship that may have to go to that level, right? Sure. Um, but I would say most people are not there, right? Yeah. And so... So you think it's mostly just a priority, seeing where your priorities actually are and having kind of a a an acknowledgement of that's where my priorities are it's not where i thought they were or want them to be um so say someone then acknowledges that makes that acknowledgement they start tracking they see where their priorities are and they're not where they wanted them to be or thought they were what do you then recommend we have kind of different levels of practicing financial freedom level one level two level three um, the initial conversation I would have with that individual is, um, are you doing the four basic first, first steps, right? Uh, are you tracking the monthly spending? Are you giving, right? Are you, are, are you giving, um, are you, are you paying all your, uh, are you repaying all your credit card debt, right? Mm. And have you, have you set aside an emergency fund like $1,500 and save three to six months of non, you know, non-discretionary spending, mm. right? Um, I would I would ask him those questions to start because um, discipline starts by practicing uh, good habits, right? And if we truly believe things, our habits are gonna be born out of our belief, right? And if we work through that, those heart issues, and we start with, am I tracking my monthly spending? Am I starting to give? Am I repaying my consumer debt every uh, every month, right? Um, and uh, or have I saved for emergencies? And and then and then I work through then with the client through all those different aspects, and um, I don't really go to anything else until I feel like they can, you know, have a, have some Those discipline. Those are the basic things they need to do. Those just are the basic things, because if you yeah. don't have those things, you can't really move forward in, in other areas, right? If you haven't saved for emergencies, can you put away money for retirement? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, right? Yeah. If, if, if you if you can't repay your credit card debt, can you repay all other debt except your mortgage? No, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if you're if you if you haven't started giving, can you start giving percentage giving? Right? Oh, no, I can't do that, right? And if if you're not tracking monthly spending, can you move on to creating and 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 maintaining a spending plan, right? These are the percentages I I want. If we don't even know yeah where our money money is going. So right. I really would work with those clients on saying, okay, first, do you believe all these things from a heart perspective? And then second of all, let's start with the basics from a practical standpoint on those different four areas. All right, sorry for the interruption. Give me 30 seconds. Imagine your friends, you know, those ones who are about to move or the ones who tell you at a dinner party in two weeks, they're thinking about moving. 
Imagine how stressed they are about finding the right lender who's going to provide a great experience and great advice. Imagine how thankful they'll be when you tell them to schedule a call with us at clevelandstreet.com. That's all. Back to the show. At what point, as you're thinking through these things, assuming you start to do some of this on your own and you start to take responsibility for some of these things, um, or maybe you, you are doing that already and you're managing things fairly well, um, when is it really valuable and worth it to start talking to a financial advisor? Yeah, that's a good question. And and I, I pondered that question back to like when I was younger or when I was, you know, newly married or when I was having kids and I would always go to a financial advisor when you're making important decisions about money in which you have an, a really emotional vested interest in, hmm. right? Uh, buying a home is definitely like, yeah, you should go see a financial advisor and talk about that, right? Because there's certain emotion for you as the buyer that wants to get in a home and you need somebody from looking at it from a different point of view or from outside your emotion of what you yeah. want. Anytime there's decisions that are is just huge emotional vested interest yeah. in. I just mean, I just something? had I just had that yesterday um, on a big spend that I was thinking about maybe buying an investment property, right? What did I do? I called my investment advisor or, or my financial advisor here. I talked to him and said, Am I crazy or is this does this work? Right. Mm -hmm. And he helped me think about it from a non-emotional standpoint. Yeah. And put some Not perspective on it that I never acknowledged thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is that something that you can find pretty easily is because uh, I don't I'm, this is just my ignorance here. Um, in my mind, those are those seem like more long term relationships. Is that something you can just kind of call call in for service like that just kind of a one-time hey can you take a look at our situation um is that a common thing is that something you guys do or what yeah what you that know like? that's a great that's a great question the 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 challenge in the industry for financial advisors is most of them get paid by selling products right um and there's nothing wrong with that that's that's just the honesty um and that works that way um but, you know, the things we do at Ron Blue here is we actually don't mind having an occasional call with somebody or developing a relationship with somebody and having a discussion about um, just basic financial questions or basic things to think about as they're going through their life from a financial standpoint. Not necessarily being a client, but just thinking through something like, like buying a house or um, buying a car, right? or different mm -hmm. sorts of things and having them raising some questions to them for them to think about we're more than yeah. glad to get on a on a phone call and Got have a, a thoughtful discussion um because what we recognize is we're just hoping that they make good decisions and down the line as the lord prospers prospers them and they're in different times of their lives and their need of help that they remember remember those people that can that have helped them in the past um, without nickeling and diming them <laughs> from a, a question yeah. for question standpoint. So um, at Ron Blue, we're we're pretty open with that from the standpoint of we want people to call, we want people to have questions, and I'm I'm more than glad to sit down with a cup of coffee or 
just to have a conversation on a phone about um, those types of specific situations. Cool. That's great. Yeah. So we'll wrap up with that. Really enjoyed it and uh, super helpful perspective. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to Work is Good. If you enjoyed it, share it with someone else, leave a review, and listen next week.